airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. And we appreciate you um, Mm -hmm. tuning in to hear us discuss the issues of the day through a biblical lens. Uh, That's what we endeavor to do when we talk about anything. And it's, um, man, it's, I would say, probably most important uh, in the time that we're in now that we maintain a biblical worldview. Um, We talk about all the issues, everything that's going on. The word of God doesn't change. And um, that becomes critical in moments where we are so accustomed to being self-reliant. And we're so accustomed to just kind of being able to control outcomes uh, when you're in a place where, you know, you're like, no, <laughs> live truly live yeah. out what you've said you believe to be true about God. Yeah. Um, and that's again, that's what we have always endeavored to do as Christians. But you have those moments where the flashlight is kind of shown on an area where you go, you know, if I'm honest, I've kind of depended on myself here. You know, if I'm honest, Mm. I've kind of only thought that it can work if I have a hand in it, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so here we are where um, a look at everything that's happening in our in our country. And I don't even need to say it. I know so many people are probably tired of hearing it. Um, What do you hear less? Do you hear COVID-19 less? Maybe we could use that. People don't say that a whole lot. Right. Um, (laughs) Right. We all know what we're talking about. But how do you say it without saying it? And um, um, maybe probably one of the more Googled words recently has been pandemic Mm -hmm. and people trying to understand what that means. Um, Probably, probably, I don't know this to be factual, but maybe people have not um, in the numbers that they have in the last few weeks visited the CDC's website, if ever. But now maybe (laughs) you find yourself uh, checking numbers, trying to see where your state is Mm -hmm. and trying to see, I guess, to say it simply, the state of your state and um, what that might mean for you. Yeah. Well, as the Addisons um, began saying, and let me say this too, I think it's important to note that um, the more this uh, comes into focus, you know, and what it means for the United States of America and um, the measures that our government's taking and just the reality that our lives are changing just a little bit um, in subtle ways for some people, depending on where you live, your life is changing in drastic ways. And, um, you know, we realize that we are in a way dealing with something that I guess some people would say we were unprepared to deal with. Mm-hmm. And um, some people would say we never would have imagined maybe in our lifetime mm-hmm. that we would see something like this. Um, but who we serve does not change. That's right. And that is something that we have said repeatedly. And that is something that we will continue to say mm-hmm. Um One of the points that we made last week, I don't remember if it was Thursday or Friday, the days kind of all run together. But uh, one of the points that we made is that if God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, we're not going to allow man to do it. Yeah, We're not going to operate that way. And I know that seems um, kind of pie in the sky-ish, but if 
your faith is real, then this is real. Mm-hmm. It's not pie in the sky. Right. It is absolutely real. Right. And so we want to cling to the things that we know to be true. We want to yes. cling to the things that are factual. And God is not an idea. Mm-hmm. He's not a concept. Right. He's mm-hmm. not a lucky rabbit rabbit's foot. Right. He is the creator, the maker Amen. of heaven and earth. Amen. And in moments like this, his position does not change. That's right. And so every believer has to kind of fall back on that. Yeah. Um, Will, I know that there's a lot of information that constantly changes. I know there's information that comes across your desk that you're sharing with me. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into the meat mm-hmm. of what we want to talk about today, um, and again, being very careful, today's show will be dedicated to how the Christian should respond at this moment. That's mm-hmm. what we're going to be talking about right now, um, because this is this is our moment in the United States of America. Our chief first and foremost identity is that we are Christians. Amen. That's right. And so right now, what is of utmost importance is that our Christian identity shines through. We're Christian before we're American. Mm-hmm. Do you understand that? We're Christian before we're whatever ethnic identity that you choose to identify as. Okay. You're a Christian before you are a citizen of the state in which you live or the town in which you live or the county in which you live. And you know that all of these things have breakdowns with (laughs) implications that you're monitoring. Okay. Everybody's looking, everybody's (laughs) checking their surroundings. And so what I want to say from the top level down to the the bottom level is that we are Christians first and our identity and who we are and how we behave as a result of that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Amen. so I want to do that. But before we do, Will, is there anything that is kind of pressing on mm. your mind as you are reading a lot of news stories and um, encountering yeah. a lot of people online? Any, any thoughts that you have? Yeah, I think we need to be at this time, like you said, we are first and foremost in Christ. We're Christians and we need to be uh, praying, you know, seeking the Lord uh, on behalf of uh, our local areas, local areas, our cities, our states, you know, the world, you know, this is a, a a global thing that's going on. I think there needs to be, uh, there needs to be wisdom, you know, in, in how we conduct ourselves and, and what's being offered to us as, um, as wise counsel from, you know, government officials and stuff like that. Um, we also uh, need not operate in fit, operate in fear, you know, but in faith. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the main thing, you know, uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, um, but one of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I think, you know, and I and I said before, if God has not given that to us, then we don't need to accept it. That's know? right. And so that's right. Um, and I and look <clears throat> that when there is no hope, there is panic, there is chaos. When there is no yeah. hope, but we yeah. as Christians have hope. And so um, I think this is a, a prime time for us as Christians to show the world what believing in the only true and wise God is, you know, Amen. and that he is in control uh, no matter the circumstances. And so I think this is a time, a showing up moment, you know, for, for the church. And I just, I just pray that we will show up, you know, with our prayers, with our living, being a witness and, yeah. and uh, with our wisdom as well. Yeah. So. There was a call that we got on Thursday, That was one of those that I've mentioned this before on the show. 
every now and again, there is a call that just kind of stays with us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a call that maybe we discuss a little bit more after the show has aired. And um, it you know causes us to either self-examine or to think about what the Lord might want to do with some of those comments, um, whether or not it's personal for us or it's to be expanded to the larger audience. Uh, but this particular call we got from a brother uh, in the Lord named Keith. And um, and this call, I have not been able to get out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And the the call, the nature of the call has kind of driven me to prayer. It's been what I've used as my prayer point for Christians in America, because I think that the nature of this call represents the reality of where we are, right? But then also the real encouragement that we need. So I asked Will the Great if he would go back and grab that call just in case some of our listeners were not able to listen last week and maybe you don't get the podcast, you know, but just to give you a little bit of context uh, from this point of real concern and um, the reality of what we're facing in the United States, because it's not made up. It's not contrived. It's not in somebody's head. Right. Um, Some people may want to reduce what's happening to an overreaction, but there are real consequences. There are real people whose jobs are affected and things like that. And we know these things to be true um, as we are concerned and taking precaution Mm -hmm. um, to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 in the United States of America. And this call keeps coming back to my mind. And I found myself uh, last week at the end of the week and certainly throughout the weekend um, thinking about this call and using it as a basis for prayer. Honestly, praying for Christians that their faith would be strengthened and that the Lord would reveal to us how we are to respond in this moment. Um, So let's listen. This is Keith, who called us uh, last week on Thursday, I believe it was. Okay, let's go to Keith in Mississippi. Hi, Keith. Hello, thank you for taking my call. But I would like for you to, if you would, just address from from a different perspective, maybe maybe putting on a different set of lenses and viewing it from um, the people like or just something that's happening right now. Not even not even predicting what may happen in the future, but just what's happened in the last twenty four hours. The mm-hmm. people that are basically going to be missing paychecks and that kind of thing mm. unit from that perspective like um take the take the nba just for example mm-hmm. you know you have all these people that that you know through the groundskeeping and and ticket handlers and uh, to all of these events not not so much the fear of obtaining the virus but the fear of what or maybe fear is not the right word but the concern of, mm-hmm. of you know the measures that are being taken is going to affect everyone whether you wash your hands all you want to you know you may you may not get the 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 virus and the way i understood the president the the assistance that that may even possibly be the emergency assistance that may even possibly be allocated are for the people that has actually either gotten received the virus or have the virus or even taken care of someone with the virus but what about the people that you know may not ever get it wash your hands, do all the precautions, but yet still, you know, they're not getting paid till the mm-hmm. end of March, you know, but rent still comes to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Man, I'm telling you that I have, I have replayed it, not verbatim because I'm not that good, but I have <laughs> replayed that call, uh, kind of the summary of that call in my mind over and over again. And hearing Keith's voice and hearing his real concern and reading the stories, mm-hmm. reading what's happening right now. And also let me say this, seeing firsthand what is happening in grocery stores and um, wholesale stores all across the country 
has really kind of driven me to prayer for believers because I'm concerned that maybe for some of us, not for all of us, that there needs to be maybe a recalibrating of our of our perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Like a recalibrating yeah. of the way that we approach things. And so in thinking about this and praying for Christians, um, we want to spend the duration of the show unpacking four points um, for us to consider as Christians um, navigating the coronavirus pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this is real, yeah. right? Yep. And um, one of the things that I think can be a temptation is that you can have some people who who say, oh, you know, we don't need to be worried at all. But then you have other people who go to the extreme. Right. So mm-hmm. the Bible teaches us very clearly. And, you know, that the man who fears the Lord will in- avoid all extremes. Right. So we don't want to be um, extremely cavalier or casual about this. And we also don't want to be extremely like on high alert. You don't want to be walking around like that special cat in your neighborhood, you know, the one, you know <laughs> what I mean? Cat. The back is always arched. Uh, they're yeah. just like, you know, they're ready just always pounce. ready for yeah. something right. to happen, to jump out of the bushes. You don't want to, you don't want to have that. And so how do we, how do we, um, how do we ensure that we have the right balance? And I think that you are only going to um, properly recalibrate yourself in the word of God. And so mm. what I want to do is I want to look at uh, one story in particular that maybe we can unpack at length and talk about, and again, just four points, and then we'll open the phone lines up in the last segment, like to get your take on it. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to hear what the Lord is doing um, in your area and through you and your and your local church. Um, let's encourage one another through this. Let's not be fearful, man. I think that's that's one of um, one of Satan's great tactics in the mm. life of the believer is to. Um, see us paralyzed by fear. Yeah. Um, to see us almost rendered, you know, incapable of following the Lord or seeking the Lord because we're just so afraid. We right. don't know what might happen. We just we. So God, I can't obey. I can't go. I can't do because I just don't know what might happen. Um, well, you know, <laughs> we got to move past that. Yeah. Got to move past that, and we got to operate in obedience. And what does the Word teach us about how we live and how we engage in even tough times? When we get back on the other side of the break. I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians and kind of work our way through looking at how the Apostle Paul responded to the Judean Christians who were facing famine, who were facing need. They were in a real situation, and the Lord used Paul to prepare the Corinthians to be able to meet their need, right? Mm. And uh, again, he based, you know, their requirement, not an exaction, but he based their requirement on the example that Jesus Christ left for us, which is one of humility, and emptying himself. Yeah. So we'll take the break and then we'll be right back to um, unpack this discussion. Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Stay close. Will the Great, perfect. I mean, 
That is, you've, so you've been pumping our home with that song, <laughs> among other things, uh, calling us to prayer and the reading of God's word and just keeping our mind and our focus on the Lord because um, our kids are aware of what's going on, you mm-hmm. know, and so everybody's paying attention. Uh, your kids reach a certain age and it's really difficult to just keep information from them, right? Yeah. They have this pesky little habit of reading <laughs> and you're like, stop reading, you know, yeah. uh, you, you can't take it reading away. Reading and eavesdropping. And eavesdropping. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, we should just go full on exposure. Yeah, reading and eavesdropping. And uh, and so if you're not careful, you know, kids learn things and they pick up things and then they're walking around and they are afraid. They are, you know, unsettled. And we don't realize that our kids are modeling us. They are yeah, looking at us right. and they are living as we live, right? Um, you know, the, the, I think of the studies that were done uh, post 9-11, where for the first time, uh, kids watched news stories on loop and they they saw um, people jumping from buildings and they saw the planes go into buildings and, and, you know, they saw this on loop. And, Mm. you know, the trauma that these kids experienced because the parents were consuming the information but paying no attention to how the kids were processing the information. So for us as believers, we've got to be very aware. We have to be very keen to what our kids observe, to what our kids overhear, right? Mm-hmm. To what our kids are watching and what mm-hmm. they're reading during this time because all of this has a has a negative effect on them if we don't teach them to filter this through the word of God. Yeah, and right? I think that they, uh, go ahead. I was say I think we need to um have wisdom from God on how to talk to them about it as well and not speak from a place of, of fear, but That's in right. trusting in, in God. So I think it's very important how we talk uh, to our kids and 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 for them to know where we put our hope and our trust in uh, as we as we go through difficult times not just this you know but other things you know amen um, as well that's right this is a this is an opportunity for us to practically live out our faith you know yeah. one of the things that we constantly lament is why do we have such a hemorrhage from um, the church you know at large and why do we see kids falling away and one of the reasons that we go over and however the manifestation of it is listed in whatever study you're reading. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons that kids turn away from the faith is because they see an inconsistent life in their parents. So yeah. they see their parents either telling them something that the parents don't live out or the parents are teaching them something that they find inconsistent with science. Um, however it is you shake it out, it becomes there is an inconsistency that the kids don't like. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just think about even right now, we have an opportunity to live a consistent life where we say, hey, you know, there is concern. This is real. This is what's going on. But this is how we live as Christians. And so that's very important. So the question on today's show is how should Christians respond practically to coronavirus um, in the United States of America? And the first point is that Christians need to pray without assumption. Mm. And what do I mean by that? You need to ask the Lord how you may respond in this hour without assuming that there is nothing for you to do. Mm. There are so many people Mm. who, when gripped by this, will say, well, what about that? And what about this? And, and assuming that there's something else for somebody else to do, right? That there's, there's this thing, but it's for that person over there. It may not be for me, but what I would say to every believer is that if you are praying and talking to the Lord, Do not pray assuming that the Lord is not going to invite you to be a part of what your prayer is. 
That's good. <laughs> right? You right? may be so, the, part of that answer. You may be a part <laughs> of the answer, right? Yeah. So the Lord starts to stir your heart, then you need to respond to that there. And we'll we'll get into talking about what some of the practical things are that, that we can do. But you may be a part of the answer. And again, I was reading this this morning, just refreshing myself on this story. And it was such an encouragement to me. Um, this is in Second Corinthians chapter eight, and you can go and read it in its entirety. I encourage you to do that. Guys, we're real believers. We Christians are real believers. Amen. We don't just get mad at what's happening in the culture and then go grab our Bibles to find a supporting verse when we need it. <laughs> we live this out, right? Like we're we're not just mad because it's something they show on TV. We're not just mad because there's something they're doing in the, in the public library. We're not just mad when they're doing something with sex ed in our schools. No, we are believers and we want to live consistent lives. So Amen. that means that the word of God is good all the time, right? It's not just I've taken right. my position. Now, do I have a verse to support that? No, right. <laughs> it's how do, how do we live this out? Mm. And so I was so encouraged as I was reading in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, and he was talking about their giving and he was making the comparison about how the churches of Macedonia, how they had given out of their need when there was need spread out in the church. And now it was the Corinthians turn. It was their turn to respond to the great need um, of the Judean Christians. And Paul was encouraging them. And one of the things that he pointed to was Christ's humility as an example. Mm. Right. So Paul was appealing to the Corinthians and saying that you give out, even out of your need that you give. Right. And so what are you doing? So when you are giving out of your need and the other person is giving out of their need and the person who has need is receiving. So then there he, he uses the term fairness. Right. And so what does he say? This is not socialism. All right. This is right, not socialism. Right. <laughs> this is more. De- this is better described as reciprocity. So I find myself in a situation where I fall in a hard time. I'm thinking about our brother Keith and he talked about so many of the workers who are going to be directly affected. They are going to fall on hard times. Well, maybe you are in an industry where you're not going to fall on hard times. Hmm. So if we look at this biblical example, what would the Lord encourage us to do now? Well, he might say, if you read the word and we use that as instructive for living, the Lord might encourage those of us who can to give to those who cannot provide for themselves at this moment. Mm -hmm. And you see, this is where the socialists fall flat because they want this to be a lifestyle. But this is, you don't see this supported in scripture. You see here, you have a group of people who have a hard time, right? And the Lord encourages the believer to give to them as previously they themselves had received from those who are now in a hard time. Yeah. All right. So this, again, is better described as reciprocity and not socialism. Right. We need to get that right. Right. But this is what the Apostle Paul says in uh, Second Corinthians, chapter eight. Um, I'm going to start at verse nine here. He says, for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich yet for your sake, he became poor Mm. so that you by his poverty might become rich. And in this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well so that your readiness and desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. (laughs) Now, listen, we have an opportunity here as we look at 
different people who are in our circle of friends. And I'm, I'm going to be, um, with Will the Great's permission, I'm going to be pretty transparent with some of the things that the Lord has done in our life, where not only have we been on the receiving end, but we have been able to be on the giving end when someone doesn't even say to us what they need, or we don't even Mm -hmm. say to a person Mm -hmm. what we need. And I remember, um, many years ago, this was, this was one of those particularly low points as missionaries where we had, and, and people would say, well, you've got to be exaggerating. No, I'm not exaggerating. We had zero income, Mm -hmm. zero income. And there's a whole lot of time that it would take to explain how that happens. But if you've ever been a missionary and you've ever transitioned out of being a missionary, (laughs) then you might understand this better than some people, right? And so here we are, we are praying and believing that we are following the leading of the Lord and we are trusting him. But as you know, um, when you've got real bills and you've got a real family, mm-hmm. you can be overwhelmed real fast. Yeah. Right. And yeah. you, you know, and, and that's one of the things, Will, that makes you so great. <laughs> well, well, even in, <laughs> even in those it. tough moments, well, it's just true. Cause I'm, I'm more like that cat. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, what's going on? And, uh, and, and you tend to be more like, you know, that dog in the pack is like, come on guys, you know, we got this, you know, and maybe, maybe you have some concern, yeah. but the way you carry it just doesn't look like, you. well, you know, somebody has like to, you, do. It, you know, that's true. Cause if we both are that cat, right. That's, that's going to be trouble. <laughs> right. So anyway, I remember this is one of the most precious moments. Um, and this is going to lead me to point number two, because number one, point number one is pray without assumption. Mm-hmm. Ask the Lord what it is that you can do. And point number two is do what the spirit leads you to do. Amen. Do what the spirit leads you to do. Don't just have this thought where you're like, you know, maybe I ought to. And then just kind of dismiss Mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. So during this time when we were missionaries and then kind of transitioning out of being missionaries and we had zero income and we had all these bills and we were trying to seek the Lord. What is it that the Lord wanted us to do? Trying to follow his leading. um, I received. (laughs) And, and this is going to lead me to the sub point of number two, right? Um, I received an email from a sister in the Lord and um, we had one baby, Mariah, and mm-hmm. then we had a baby on the way, Gabby, yeah. right? And zero income, zero income. And you say, well, Miki, I can't believe that you're sharing that because this is a real faith that we live, right? We don't just need to read about Mueller. We don't need to go <laughs> back, you know, <laughs> you know, 10, 20 years and say, look at how Christians once lived. No, we need to be living this way today because we have a real faith. And so I received this email and this was the question that this sister asked me in this email. She said, um, and she was, she supported us as missionaries. And this is what she said. And she was aware of what was going on, that we were transitioning all of this. And this is what she said. She said, what are your bills for the month? How the entire hum- month. How you remember this? Yeah. How humbling. How humbling, how humbling. She <laughs> says, and, and this, and because, you know, I'm pretty transparent. She said, and don't leave anything out. I know you are in the email. I'll never forget that line. She was like, I need to know <laughs> what are all of your bills for the month. Yeah. And, you know, it took me a while to respond because that's one of those things where it, that just, that is, that is pride breaking. Right. 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 It's very difficult for us to receive when we are members of the body of Christ. It's very humbling. It's very, and, very humbling. And I, I want to say too that. You know, it wasn't that 
I wasn't looking for work. I wasn't trying oh, to Oh, no, not at all. I just want to put that out there. It was. It yeah, was, no, that's important. <laughs> you know, in fact, it, it was the Lord was do, <laughs> the Lord was doing something that we look back on it now and we see that he was he was moving us. Um, you would get email replies. And, and I don't know if anybody's ever been in this position, but you would get email replies where you were told that you were overqualified for the position. And I remember mm. you being so frustrated me and like, I don't care. <laughs> just, just give, give me the, the job. job, you know, just, this is right. like, just, it doesn't even matter, you know? And, um, and anyway, during this whole period, one of the things that this particular sister said, and she came to our house and, um, and she said, this is what the Lord has had us doing. We are a small collection of believers and we've been meeting inside our home and, um, and just giving, and we've just been putting this money aside and we've been praying about it. And we feel like the Lord wants us to give this to your family. And that was like, that was Man. one of those lowest moments in our Most, life, but yeah. also one of the highest moments in our life, because without us broadcasting our need, just going to the Lord, um, the Lord met our need. And I, I am telling you that story because we serve a real savior. Amen. And so many people have this mechanical response where it's like, you know, maybe you see yourself as an American first, you know, um, maybe you see yourself as, you know, a citizen of your state first, but I'm telling you the greatest reward and the greatest support that we will have is to see ourselves as citizens of heaven first, Amen. That's to right. see ourselves as Christians first. And we look back on that and we see the Lord was bringing us through transition. And there's a whole lot more to that story, but here is the sub point of point number two. When I'm my encouragement, how should Christians respond practically to coronavirus in the United States of America. Number one, pray without assumption. Number two, do what the spirit leads you to do. Mm -hmm. So when you are prompted to call a member of the body of Christ, or you send them a text message to check on them, ask them specifically what they need. And here's what I mean. Try not to say, Hey, do you need anything? You think, well, that's what we normally say, mm -hmm. you know, but that gives an opportunity for a person to kind of back door and say, eh, you know, I think we're OK. Right. No, you text them. You call them and say, hey, what do you need right now? Mm. Just just assume that if God has put them on your heart, they have a need. Yeah. Just assume that. Right. And so you call and you text and you say, hey, what is it that you need right now? And let me unpack this because, you know, I've seen. um, Man. I've seen some hoarding, you know, and <laughs> and it's amazing to me that where, you know, so many of us are Christians and, and so many of us are believers. There is such a great self-interest yeah. that my family's going to be OK. I'm going to have what I need. I don't care if you get to the store. I don't care if you can get out there. I'm going to get what I need. This does not characterize the life of the Christian. This brings me to point number three. Point number three. Look not only on your own interests, mm. but look also on the interests of others. Philippians chapter yeah. 2, verses 1 through 11. And again, what Paul does in his letter to the Philippians is he anchors this admonition in Christ's humility. Mm. So again, it is Christ's humility that becomes our example. We don't just look and make sure that we have toilet paper. <laughs> I mean, my goodness, right? <laughs> Guys, 
We don't just look and make sure that we have the necessities or the essentials. We should also be asking the question, who around me, who in my circle of friends, who in the body of believers here might need some of this extra that I have? Mm. And then we reach out to them and we go to meet those needs. This is body living. Amen. All right, we got to grab the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Will, mm-hmm. you're on it. <laughs> you're on it. I just, I just I'm really trying. appreciate, I appreciate the thought that you put into the music that brings us back uh, to the show. I really do appreciate it. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Mercy Me, even if. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We will open the phone lines up for you, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The topic of conversation is how should Christians respond practically to coronavirus in the United States of America? Point number one is we pray without assumption. Mm. Ask the Lord how you may respond in this hour and then do it. Uh, number two is do it. Do what the <laughs> Spirit leads you to do. Call members of the body of Christ or text to check on them and ask specifically what they need. Don't mm. say, do you need anything? Instead, say, what is it that you need right yeah. now? What is it that I can get for you? I've got some extra this. Do you have a need for this particular thing? Name some of the things that you and your family need, that you and your family have. Pray the spirit of God will lead you. Number three, look not only on your own interest, but also on the interest of others. Philippians chapter two, verses one through 11. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves in humility, Mm. count others more significant than yourselves. Verse four, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This mind is not something you have to manufacture. (laughs) It's yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even Mm. death on a cross. And I'll stop there. And let me just say this for some of us in the United States of America, the worst thing that we think will happen to us is that we will be in a place where we actually have to need God. Wow. Wow. I'm going to repeat it for some of us in the United States of America. We think the worst thing that will happen to us is that we will be in a place where we actually have to need God. And this shows the type of self-reliance and self-sufficiency that we have enjoyed. And let me tell you how I know this is true. 
I know this is true because I listen to what people say in situations where it's out of their control. The question is always, oh, my goodness, we better pray. Hmm. Oh, no, what are we going to do? I don't know. I've done all I can do. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I mean, and then now we have an opportunity, as you say, Will the Great, to put our full weight down on God. And I got to tell you something. When the Lord called me to be a missionary, the most frightening thing for me And again, here's one of those transparent moments where we live as believers. Mm -hmm. We tell the truth. The most frightening thing for me in responding to the Lord's call to be a missionary was that I was going to I'm going to have to need you. I'm not going to do for myself. I'm going to raise support. So I'm going to rely on people to send money so that I can go and do this work. And my thinking is, um, I, I can do it myself. <laughs> I can take care of myself. I don't, I don't, you know, because what am I, my heart says, I don't want to have to need you mm. like that. One of the things that people started saying to Will the Great and I as missionaries was um, when we would tell people what we do, because that's the question that we ask in the United States of America. What do you do? We place yeah, our identity in that. Right. What do you do? Right. Yeah. And so we say to people, <laughs> we're missionaries. And you know what they would say? Man, you guys must really live by faith. Right. <laughs> and the first few times that people said that to us as missionaries, we were like, oh, yeah, well, yeah I guess. And then we started talking about, it. you know, we go home mm-hmm. and we talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, over some spaghetti or something. <laughs> and then and then and then we're like, Will, you were the one who said yeah. this. You'd say, man, what are they saying about themselves? Right. What, what are and they living by? That's what you would I say. Mean, you would say, what are they living by? Yeah. Because what does the Bible say? The Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. Mm. So it's not those who are the missionaries or those who have the ministries or the organizations or anything like that. It is every single one of us who names Jesus Christ as our savior. We live by faith in him. And that doesn't change whether we've got coronavirus or black plague or anything else Mm -hmm. that has ever hit this world. Jesus Christ is sufficient. And this is the time that we live it out. This is the time where we are able to be the body of Christ. Yeah, this, and point number four, and then we'll go to the phone lines. Mm-hmm. Or, no, go ahead, Will. The no, I'm just going to say this is a showing up moment. This is a, a moment where the church get, get to be the church and all the scriptures and songs that we've sung in church and, Come on. and quoted and all that stuff, we have to live out. And so this is, this is that time. This is where it becomes real. Point number four, live without fear in the Lord Jesus Christ. Live without fear. Live in the Lord Jesus Christ. Guys, this is our opportunity. The world may be panicking. Mm -hmm. Celebrities may be taking selfies of themselves wearing masks. Okay. And, And they, people are, you know, we have a different standard. All right. And we have an opportunity to be salt and light in everything and to show the Lord that we depend on him fully. Mm-hmm. All right, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? Let's go to David in Michigan. Hi, David. Hi, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, a couple of quick points. Uh, your uh, comment on we are the answer to prayer is just spot on, and quite often we overlook that God's pointing at us. Yeah, you're the you're the answer to this one, so step up. <laughs> I love that. Um, the other thing, I wish I had more time to be eloquent on this, but it just came to me. I'm I'm thinking about the the comparison between uh, the panic that's going on now, the lifestyle we're living right now at this moment, and socialism. 
if we want a little warm-up of what socialist <laughs> uh, life would be like, we've got a lack of access to things we normally take. Um, Come on, David. Yep. To, yeah. Shortages and relying on the government to tell us what to do next. <laughs> so if we'd like a little wow. warm-up, we're getting it. <laughs> oh, Man, David, let point. me tell you, we the Addisons have definitely had that conversation we as have. well. <laughs> and uh, just you know that that it's not lost on us. You are you are absolutely right. It's you're absolutely right. Right now, it's a preview. And uh, this, <laughs> yeah, this should sober you up for how you vote in the future. Uh, Will the Great, <laughs> where do we go next? Let's go to Marlin in Texas. Hi, Marlin. Hey, good afternoon. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Good. Great, great. Hey, I really appreciate you guys. Love y'all show. Uh, and I'll make a quick. Uh, when it comes to the to this virus is going on, we have to stay in prayer. Amen. And I personally think we're living in a populist today where we we lean too much to our own understanding in terms mm-hmm. of you know same sex marriage is okay. You know if you if you have a boy that's seven eight years old, as parents you got parents out there like oh it's okay to get him give him surgery to turn him to woman. You know mm-hmm. things like that. In my opinion, demonic stuff and. Sometimes I sit back and think, what if the Lord is like, okay, you guys think you know it all so much. Let me see what you do if I take my hand just a little bit off your blessings. Mm. You know, and and, and, and and in this day and age, we have to stay in prayer. There's too Amen. much attack on Christians. You know, I mean, you think about it. God made the universe, and there's no age in God. God is infinite. But let's just throw a number out there. Let's say God is, let's just say God is 10 billion years old. So why would I listen to someone that's just as old as I am versus the man that created us? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we're living in a world today where there's too much influence on, you know, oh, the celebrity said this, mm-hmm. Oprah said this, so this must <laughs> be. No, no. If you want to know what God says, read the word. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I would just, Thank I you, agree Marlon. with you, Marlon. I would just say, just what, you know, if, if you've got the word from the everlasting to everlasting, how about that? And That's then, right. like, you know, I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> Why are we listening to people in their 60s and 70s? So, no, you're absolutely right, Marlon. Thank you so much for your call and your encouragement. We appreciate it. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Cynthia in Texas. Hi, Cynthia. Hello, hello, hello. I love you all. I really do. God bless Thank you. you. Yeah, I'm just trying to get my thoughts together. But look, I'm just saying God is sovereign. Amen. Amen. And I've been using this as an opportunity to go evangelize. I tell mm. people, yep. you know, in the stores and everything, you know, God will give us, you know, uh, a word. Like you say, to listen to God, listen to your spirit. The other day I woke up, I heard the word suddenly. And that was like Wednesday. And life as we know it changed in one day. Mm. And that's what, you know, I'm just saying that. You know, as a body of Christ, we should be rejoicing knowing that, you know, the wedding is on its way. Mm. You know, the, the, the groom is coming back for his bride. And then yesterday it was like everything is shutting down because it's like God wants us to now seek him. Mm. You know, no television, spend time with your family, prioritize the things that are important in your life, but most of all to seek him mm. more than anything else. Amen. 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 And you and look and and Cynthia, God bless you. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for calling. I'll just add. I'll just tack on to what our sister said. And that's not a punishment. Right. People are like, man, what am I gonna do? I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll read my Bible. 
I guess I'll do that. No, that's not a punishment. Like what a, what a joy to be able to, to separate and to take some time and to say, man, this is what we're going to do for us and our family. We're going to focus on this. I want to say a quick word before we go to the next caller here mm-hmm. for parents who are for parents who are staring down the barrel of school closures. Mm. You're like, you're like, please, please don't close the school. Please. <laughs> I will bring disinfectant. Don't close the schools. Look, this is an opportunity for you to take some time and disciple, Amen. right? This Amen. is an opportunity for you to lay some foundation, to reinforce some foundation. I mean, this is an opportunity for you to do those things that you feel like, man, you know, if if I didn't have to be at work every single day, I would do this. If I didn't have to do, I would do. Now is a time for you to do that. Talk to your child. Talk to them. Hey, what is it? What's on your mind? Mm. What are you thinking about coronavirus? What have you been hearing? Take them to the scriptures and encourage them. Don't just leave them to their wandering minds, Mm. but do those things you've been saying you wanted to do. The education doesn't stop because the schoolhouse closes. Right. That's right. You, you can, you can still teach your children. That's right. I mean, I, I, you know, there, I, I, oh, I hear this in my ear. Ken Ham. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I'm sure Kim, Ken, Ken Ham is like, you know, hey, answers in Genesis, come, you know, come and check us you got out. Some resources. There's resources. There are things yeah. that you can do. And, and I'll just throw this out and we'll go back to the phone lines here. Mm-hmm. Um, be prayerful because the Lord may lead you. The, the Lord may lead you with a small, small group of believers, probably under 50. I think they're saying now. Um <laughs> to maybe help educate somebody else's kids during this time. You mm. know what I mean? And you have to just trust the Lord. You'll have to be wise. You'll have to pray about what you're doing. I'm not trying to go against anybody's advisories or anything like that, but I'm just saying to the body of Christ, let's be that. Let's mm. be the body of Christ. Will mm. the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Debbie in Arkansas. Hi, Debbie. Hey, Mr. Miss Addison. Thank y'all so much for being on all day. I do home help, and I just love y'all. Y'all are great. Thank God you. bless you. I just have one thing I'd like to say, and and I'm so proud people are praying, but I also want them to use that brain that God gives them. Mm -hmm. Please wash your hands. Please (laughs) stay away from people who are sick. Please don't think the Lord's going to cure you of everything. He's there. He's there to save you. But he he gives some of these doctors and people and nurses a brain to help you. Mm -hmm. That's right, Debbie. Mm-hmm. That's right, Debbie. I've been saying. No, go ahead, Debbie. I'm sorry. And and it's making. I'm sorry. And it's making their stress levels worse, and it's making them sicker. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. with you. Pray. Give the give them peace of mind. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, use your brain, honey. Please. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Look, let Thank me tell you, you, this germ phobe agrees with you 110. <laughs> All right. Look, I because I, yeah. I was joking about this the other day. And again, I'm not making light. You know, I, I, I don't want to take away from what I'm saying today. But look, I was joking about this because I'm going people are saying, well, when will we have a vaccine? And I'm going, wash your hands. Yeah. Wash your hands. I know. I know. I know. But when will there be a vaccine? It's like, dude, wash your hands. <laughs> it's like that can't be the answer. There must be a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> wash your hands yeah. all right all right let's try to squeeze in one more call will the great all right let's go to sammy in arkansas hi sammy uh hey uh my wife got to see y'all recently in uh memphis and uh was uh, such so blessed by it. i gotta tell you that uh we were able to minister to a little chinese family that uh runs a little chinese restaurant in uh memphis area that mm. uh 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 
their income is down over 50% because of the virus. Mm. But they let us uh, 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 give their son some money to listen to a tape about 10 reasons why the Bible is true. And uh, we were able to explain to them what Jim Elliott said about he is no fool. He gives that which he cannot keep to gain what he can never lose. Mm. One treasure, to see the treasure in one soul mm. that far outshines the brightest gold. He is Amen. no fool. He is no fool. Amen. Oh, Sammy. Amen. You, that's Sammy. so good. So what I hear in that, and this is a great way for us to wrap up the show, I hear Christians showing up Amen. and responding practically to the needs that people have that's and right. giving them, giving them what they desperately need, though at the moment they may not know they need it. That's right. right. That's right. We need Jesus. We have this best news ever. Yep. Let's go and share it. Let's go do it, guys. All right, we're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.